So if you could be here around nine, that would be great. Okay. Well, listen here. Hello, and welcome to Love After Lockup. Ha ha. Okay. I'm Miss H, and today Mr. O and I will be discussing Season 5, Episode 6 of Life After Lockup. In this episode, Brittany and Marcelino are on the right side of the law, Sean meets up with Sarah, Nicole passes the Deontay Gold Digger test, Brittany and Ray try to meet her mom, and Lacey shadows Shane at the gym. If you like what you hear, please support us and give us a rating or send us constructive feedback. And if you watch 90 Day Fiancé, check out our other podcast channel, 90 Day NK. Teachable Moments with Miss H and Mr. O. Thanks and enjoy. Good. Hello, Miss H. Hello, Mr. O. How are you doing? I am doing okay for a Sunday. I had a very lazy Sunday. You had a very adventurous Sunday, it seems like. Yeah, there was a festival in the city and I may have overdone it a little bit. So I'm a little bit uh, in the bag for this one, let's say. <laughs> we'll see how interesting that makes this. <laughs> Right. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, let's go ahead and just jump right in. Uh, let's talk about a, maybe a more responsible couple. This We'll start it off this uh, week. Okay. Yeah. Brittany and Ray. So Brittany and Ray are heading to Brittany's mom's house to prove to Ray that things are okay between them. Brittany is convinced that once her mom meets Ray that she'll love him. Brittany leaves Ray in the car so she can kind of grease the wheels before an encounter. Brittany tells her mom, Diane, that Ray is in the car and insists that he's the one who wants to meet her. Diane can't believe it, and she insists that she doesn't want to meet Ray. Diane says she won't meet him until he's worthy, which to her means at least three months worth of paycheck to show a work history and commitment. Brittany defends Ray, but Diane says that if Ray was mature, he would understand their position, and she's actually okay with Ray being a little scared right now. Diane wants to see consistency and an actual contribution to the household. She thinks he should earn his way back into society, and Brittany thinks Ray will never get to meet his mom that way. Brittany goes back out to Ray and tells him that her mom wants to uh, see three paychecks, and Ray believes that if she just met him at the door, that she would love him. Ray has never had an issue with anyone's parents. They head back home, and Ray says that they're good even though he's clearly feeling down. Brittany then switches on the sexy because it ends up she's ovulating, and they've been trying to get pregnant for the past couple of months now. Ray says he's just not in the mood because he has a lot of things weighing on his mind. Brittany tells him that she doesn't have a lot of time and he needs to focus, but Ray expresses feelings of not feeling good enough for her. Ray also worries that Brittany being pregnant if her mom refuses to meet him might cause some problems. Brittany's scared of that something could be wrong because she hasn't gotten pregnant yet. And Ray says he's not a sperm donor, which frustrates Brittany. Later, Brittany teases some secret about why she needs to get pregnant immediately. Yeah. Hmm. Okay, so what do you think Brittany's big secret is that like needs her to get pregnant right now? I, I mean, I don't know. It seems to me like she maybe has some other medical advice at some point that said it might be difficult for her to get pregnant that's the really the best thing i can come up with yeah which isn't a big secret and it seems to me that if that were really the secret that she would be hanging that over ray's head you know you know we need to be doing this now this is our last chance you know so last chance (laughs) at a baby we need to do this so Uh i feel like if it was something kind of more innocent like that um, that she would be using that as leverage. Because, I mean, let's be real here. Brittany's pretty manipulative just in general. Sure. sure. I mean, and the way that she put it, the way she was, like, framing it was very much a, like, we need to get on the horse now because yeah. we can't wait and get on the horse later. Like, it, it's got to be now. Now is the time. Um, and so I don't know what could be going on that was like, no, we can't wait till next month. We have to do it right now. Um, that like anything besides it having to do with her fertility, you know what I mean? Yeah. I also think that maybe what might be part of it is maybe she's miscarried in the past yeah, and there's more of a shame to that, you know, cause I know, or not even a shame, but like an embarrassment. Cause I know that some women are less okay with talking about miscarriages and things like that. Sure. Um, so that might be something she's like just 
you know, worried about. If staying. that's the case, then the fact that she's been, I don't know what I want to say. It's a gross way to say it, but there's no other way to do it. She's been impregnated by somebody else yeah. is like another issue that could come up between her and Ray. Well, is it? Because I think Ray has another child, doesn't he? Oh, that's true. Does he? I don't know. I thought he did. I thought he has one other kid because I don't remember why I think that, but I feel feel like that's a thing. It could be. It could be. Which would definitely, I don't know, even things out. But like, I get where Ray is coming from and not in terms of the I'm just not in the mood because I don't think I'm just not in the mood was the real reason he was turning her down at that moment. It had more to do with, dude, your mom won't even talk to me. Like, how yeah. is this guy? How is this having a kid going to work or improve right. that situation at all. Oh, I am Team Ray all the way here because he's not wrong. Like, you know, he I understand where he's coming from. He doesn't feel good enough. So why is bringing a baby into the picture a good idea at this point? Exactly. I'm like, I feel like if you got her pregnant now, like her mom would be like, oh, no, 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 no. I need six months now. Now. No, no, no. He made a mistake that that puts the that puts the paycheck to six months now. <laughs> Well, okay, so speaking of manipulative, like, I felt that Brittany kind of fudged the timeline quite a bit because Diane very clearly said three months worth of paychecks. And I'm pretty sure there are very few jobs. Teachers, actually, I get paid monthly. I do not. I get paid bi-weekly. I always get got paid monthly, but I would say that's a rarity. Like none of my it friends is. get paid monthly. They get paid bi-weekly, weekly, something. I've been a teacher for a long time and um like in my teacher job, I've always gotten paid bi-weekly. Yeah. And every other job I had before was a teacher, I got paid bi-weekly. So when she says 3 paychecks, that's usually a month and a half. Right. Not 3 months. Yes. So I thought she was definitely fudging it a little bit, like to Mm -hmm. Ray to make it not seem so bad. Because, yeah, I don't see, especially if you're paying, getting paid like an hourly job, like usually you roll your payroll like way sooner than a month. You're not doing your payroll monthly. Oh, yeah. Just that's that's just 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 an employer thing. Like who wants to do their payroll like that much payroll at the end of the month? Right. Right. But I can say from my personal experience, I've been teaching a long time, too, in actually a handful of districts. I've always gotten paid monthly. And when I was in D.C. for a year or two, coincidentally, I also got paid monthly when I was in D.C. That is different. Federal government like contracting jobs tend to pay monthly. If it's a contracting Mm -hmm. thing, you get paid monthly. But maybe that's a California thing. I'd always gotten paid bi weekly. That's crazy. We've never even had an option to get paid anything. We don't have an option either, but it's it's every two weeks. Yeah, that's crazy. But yeah, I just feel like Brittany lying to Ray is not helping the situation at all, especially for something that's like a little white lie to her, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. But it's like, it, this is what I don't get about Brittany. Like when she was lying about Ray getting released to her address, like these are sure. all lies that are going to come out at some point. Yeah, it's, it's like not, not like, a lie you yeah. can keep a secret forever. Like in a month and a half, you're going to figure out pretty quickly, oh, that was a lie. She meant three months. Yes. Yeah, it's very yeah, – yeah, I don't get it. I don't get the end game in what she's doing there but, but with, with that because it's, you're right. It's like after you know six weeks, he's going to be like, okay, time to meet your mom. Like he's going to be like that. He clearly yeah. wants to make it happen. Yeah. And so like lying to him about the timeline is not – going to work it's going to come back and bite you it's a lie that you know immediately has an expiration date right uh yeah Brittany. it's so weird like her first reaction is to lie like i don't know i just i don't know how anyone trusts her yeah that's true because she's always just and it's never really like from her perspective big lies it's just lies that are going to get her in trouble you know yeah i don't even think in this situation getting her in trouble she's I don't know. I feel like she's kind of people pleasing and she's just trying sure. to make everyone happy. So she's like telling them the lies that would make them feel better about the situation. That's true. That's true. Right. So, I mean, I think that's why it's like, oh, we're not getting on her for like, you know, big lies. But at the same time, it's mm-hmm. just stupid to lie about stuff like that because you're easily going to get found out in a very short amount of time. Right. A, a, a specifically determined amount of time. We, we right. know exactly when this is going to go south. Right. All right. So let's go on to. Actually, I will say one thing. I didn't think about this before. Uh huh. 
it is possible that because we don't know timeline wise at this point how long Ray has already been working. Right. So maybe it is just three paychecks it, away. I mean, yes. yes, that's true. We, we, we there is the possibility that he makes he does get paid monthly. Right. And oh, especially no, no, no. what I meant was. It's already been like a month and a half when he goes to see. Oh, that's true. And that's so true. She maybe it's only three more paychecks until it would have total work history been that three months. That is true because we already kind of assumed that he did that thing where he already worked for four weeks before he got paid. Yeah, you get paid for the two weeks that you didn't that you worked, and then you work two more weeks and you get paid for the two weeks before. I've had jobs like that too where you sure. have to work for four weeks before you get paid. So if he, we know he already got a paycheck, so it's clearly maybe already been a month and then you know maybe this is filmed two weeks later so a month and a half so that that is that is a total possibility it just seems so weirdly arbitrary from her mom like yeah. she's just making up rules as she goes along well when well, he determines he's worthy well, what does that mean maybe uh, she's thinking from the perspective that you know how employers typically and i don't know how it is now especially with hourly workers but uh, you know employees typically have like a probationary period right and i would say it's pretty standard for the probationary period to be like 90 days so maybe that's mm-hmm. where she's coming from with the three months thing it's like okay if you've made it past probation then you know, this is like this is a job that you can actually hold down. I don't know. It just it, her whole attitude doesn't make sense to me. Like it, it just seems to me if you're, you know, son or daughter wants you to meet the person that they're with, then you just meet the person that they're with. I don't yeah. understand. Like, well, no, they're not good enough for me yet. Like, OK, that doesn't change the situation about whether they're with them or not. Right. Right. It, they're still with she's still with him. She's still living with him, whether you meet him or not. And so it's like, what's the point? I don't I yeah. don't get it. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. All right. So now I can actually switch to think other things I don't get. And that is this <laughs> whole Deontay and Nicole situation. Oh, gosh. All right. So it's apparently time for the meeting between Deontay and Nicole, which I assumed was filled in March because they meet in front of some weird St. Patrick's Day decorations. <laughs> so Nicole tells us that she's starting to feel guilty and she isn't sure she can still, you know, feel good about getting trying to get money out of this guy. So he asks when they get together why why he's there. And they both stammer for a while. And um, Nicole has eventually just has a full-blown anxiety attack and walks away. So Deontay says that she's, while she's having her anxiety attack, that she's lost a lot of weight and she's a shell of who she was. And, of course, he blames himself um, because he apparently let her down or something. I don't know. Nicole, however, blames getting COVID twice. Which I think is a much more likely culprit. Yeah, that makes sense. And not Deontay, even though, and she even tells him that directly, like, it's not your fault. Deontay says that their whole breakup was, you know, tough and, and, and Nicole apologizes and says she didn't mean to lead him on or whatever it was. He tries to cut to the chase again. Again, why am I here? What do you want from me? Um, she goes through a whole litany of options for their relationship like a whole menu like we could do this and we could be friends and you could have the open relationship and um the open relationship is where he pretty much loses it so that's the part of the conversation that he clings to and he says that having two girlfriends would be any man's dream but this is more like her having a boyfriend and a girlfriend and not like him having two girlfriends at all she would have he would have to share her so Dante is actually seriously considering this proposition, but he tells us that it's, you know, because he has, she's in a really bad way and, and needs his protection. So he tells her that he'll think about it. And then she asks for a ride home, which of course he provides. So Nicole on the other side of this feels like she has a better gauge on how much this guy has wrapped around her finger since, you know, he's already tentatively agreeing to this poly relationship. So then comes the main course. They get to the, the the place where she's going, I guess, which is Tia's house or her house or wherever she's driving. And she complains about how broke she is and how she had to cancel her boob job and everything else. But she actually stops short of asking him for money directly, which is really a good play on her part because, yeah. you know, he just immediately offers money. And she actually doesn't take the money because it wouldn't be the right thing to do. So, Nicole gives us a little more information about this boob job in a commercial segment. She says she's going to want bigger boobs until she gets it. Like, pretty much, I just want them. I've always wanted them, and that's what I want. And she's getting tired of wearing push-up bras like the 
three cup size bra she's wearing right now. But this also provides issues with Tia because Tia doesn't really want her to have bigger boobs. So <laughs> we'll see what ends up happening in that department. So, I mean, who? What do you think her game is? Is she, because especially I was kind of thought I was following it until she didn't accept his money. Oh, she's playing the long con. Long game? Long con? Sure. Yeah, the long con. Like, she knows that, you know, it may have appeared. He's accused her of it. You Mm -hmm. know, he's accused her of, you know, you just using me for my money. You know, you're okay with taking my money, but you won't have sex with me. He's already accused her of it. And so she's really trying to be manipulative and try to show him or at least demonstrate in some way, even if it's not true, that she's not in it for the money. And she knows she can soften him if she, you know, plays up like the whole angle of, oh, yeah, like I'm actually really into you. I miss you. I love you as a person. I want to be with you, not your money. Like yeah. your money is just a side benefit, you know? So I feel she so plays bad that about up. what I did to you that I have like yeah. a panic attack just talking to you. Oh my goodness. Right. Right. Uh-huh. Yeah. I mean, I, 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 it just, I, I'm surprised she didn't, I'm surprised she's that committed to the long game, I guess is what I was saying. Right. Because I thought she would have done that thing where she never directly asked for the money, but just said, Oh, for food and I can't have my clothes and I don't know how I'm going to get money. And then when he said, well, do you need any money? She would have been like, I'd really appreciate it. Right. And just yeah. take it. But I think also based on the um, the segment, right? Mm-hmm. What does she really want? She really wants the boob job, right? Yeah, so true. I think mm-hmm. like she's forgoing the smaller things, hoping that, you know, she can ask for like the big thing. You know, because if you think about he has X amount of money to give her, right, and she's spending it all on this other stuff, he's going to be like, I have no room or space to give you the big thing that you want. So I think she's forgoing the smaller things in hopes of the bigger prize. I guess. I guess. And her attitude about the boob job is really weird. Like, it seems like the same, you know, you, you know, you can speak to it like the kind of. Like the laser eye surgery. Like mm-hmm. it's it's very much her thing is just like, listen, I don't really care whatever. I just want to stop having to wear these crazy bras all the time. And like, yeah. you know, the laser, laser eye surgery is like, I just want to be done wearing contacts for a while. Can I just have that? Can I just stop wearing these push-up bras? Can I stop wearing these contacts? Like it almost like she wants the boob job as an act of, it would be easier to get ready in the morning if I didn't have this. <laughs> Maybe, but I mean, like, if you don't have the money, it's, like, not the end of the world to have to do the other thing, you know what I'm saying? Like, for the record, the reason why I got laser eye surgery is because I was in between prescriptions, and I couldn't see as well as if I got a laser eye surgery, so... Sure, sure, but there's plenty of, there's, there's plenty of people who are just like, I've been wearing contacts for 30 years, and I can get this surgery, and it'll fix it. I'm getting okay, the surgery. But right, that's let's fine. talk about my microblading because that's <laughs> definitely closer to, yeah, you know, Fair. yeah. I could have spent, you know, however much money I was spending on eyebrow shadow for an entire year, probably amounted to maybe like 20 bucks I was spending on like eyebrow products. Or I could spend like, what, $400 to get my eyebrows microbladed. And it's kind of one of those things where it's like, yeah, you know, because I have the money, sure. Like it does make life a lot easier. And I, every day is not a challenge of trying to make my eyebrows eat like even, even symmetric, like, you know. Thing, yeah. So I, I get that, but at the same time, it's like, yeah, let's say I didn't have four hundred dollars. Let's say microblading costs like an amount that I wasn't willing to spend. It's not like the a end job. of the world uh-huh. for me. Like I would just you use my eyebrow shadow, and it's like fine, you know. It's like. It's always a trade-off for, like, convenience and money. But if you don't have the money, you just have to accept that you're going to be inconvenienced. Yeah. I mean, it just – and she had that whole – it was especially weird to me that Tia – okay, it's not weird to me that Tia doesn't want her to get a boob job. Like, that makes a lot of sense. Like, generally, the partners – I wouldn't say generally. I'd say it's a significant time – the partners are okay with the way you look now because they think you're hot and that's why they sleep with you. Right? Like – yeah. Like, that's why they're there. And, and the fact that it was like, oh, I want to change something about my body. And you're like, but I think you're hot right now. Like, that's what I like about you. One of the things I like about you. Right. And so to, to change it, but it definitely seems like that she's like still 
all in on, I want to get this boob job, even though the person she's with, like, specifically said they don't want her to get it. Yeah, I don't know about all of them. Um, I, I can't figure Tia out. I don't know. She doesn't fit in any particular kind of stereotype that sure. I, you know, or anything. But what I also found interesting is Deontay said at one point, isn't it every man's dream to be with two women? And it's like, does Tia is really it? even count as a woman? Like, yes I mean, and no. Yes. I mean, she... Tia is clearly a woman in the fact yes. that she has like women parts and is a drag. She would consider herself a woman. And yeah, I don't she think identifies as a woman. She identifies sure. as a woman. But Deonti would have no chance of doing literally anything with her. Right. And <laughs> I'm just going to say, she's, like, she's very clearly, very clearly lesbian, like, doesn't want anything to do with men. Yes. And then also, uh-huh. just she's not very feminine, like, appearance wise. So mm-hmm. it seems to me that when guys are thinking of every man's dream of threesome, does it really like include a woman who's trying to be more masculine? I don't think well, so. Well, I mean, I think that Deontay even realized that. Like, I think he said something like, you know, it's every man's dream to have two women, but this is not me having two women. Like, this <laughs> is not this is Nicole having a woman and a man. This is not me having two women like yeah, and that's the other thing, too. I wanted to know what Nicole's definition of poly relationship is, right? And right. it's not because of anything, like, sinister or anything, but everybody has a different definition. Like, I totally. I was watching Seeking Sister Wives for a little while there. You know, it's just like it. everyone has a different definition of what, you know, poly relationship to them means. Does mm-hmm. it mean that, you know, everybody has to be exclusive with Nicole specifically? Or does it also mean that Deontay can also have other relationships and Tia can have other relationships? Um, you know, right. is Nicole the center of this poly relationship or is it just like free love? Like Deontay and Tia also have a relationship. What, whatever it is, like if she's using what whatever definition of poly relationship she's going with, she gets to have multiple partners right yes which is funny because both of the partners express that as being a non-starter for the poly relationship yeah (laughs) both of them are like i don't want to share you (laughs) and she's like how do we have a relationship where i'm with you half the time and her half the time because yes it, it clearly in order to make an actual poly relationship work and i'm not saying they can't work they totally work for real people out in the real world oh sure sure it 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 takes an intense amount of communication and intense amount of boundaries and intense amount of like rules that they these people just none of them seem capable of accomplishing no especially because it sounds like from tia's understanding like she's just trying to get money from him but never have a physical relationship with him right so she understands she has to play the game and do the hustle and like turn it on but in no part of Tia's understanding of this uh you know situation is having sex with Deontay right right, right. exactly mm-hmm. oh goodness all right speaking of a third person let's talk Shane and Lacey so Lacey and Shane are heading to the gym and Lacey's already acting moody and distant because she's suspicious that Shane's cheating on her She's all dolled up like she's going to a beauty pageant or something, uh, but she still feels insecure. Shane is trying to train her as Lacey is eyeing the other women in the gym. While Shane is in the middle of a rep and Lacey hangs back and gets on a bike, another woman who clearly knows Shane comes over to ask Shane about his workout. He tells her that she looks good and she says she'll shoot him a text later. As soon as she walks away, Lacey walks over to Shane and slaps him in the dick. And gets right in his face to quiet yell at him and is asking, is she the reason why he's not effing Lacey? Shane defends himself and says that that's what people who work out say to each other. And Lacey just storms off to the car. Shane follows her and they argue out in the parking lot. Lacey tells him that she looked through his phone and asked about his text from Sydney. He claims that it's all innocent and she just has to trust him. Lacey asks him if he thought that she would be okay with him working out and talking to another girl. And instead of answering the question, he just says he's sick and tired of her not trusting him and insists that he's married to her and they have a kid together. 
He then offhandedly says that he'll take a lie detector test to prove to her there's nothing going on. Lacey wonders how this will work long term if they can't trust each other. And she kind of calls his bluff and says, yeah, sure, get the lie detector test. Mm-hmm. All right. So I noticed that when Lacey asked the question of Shane, he didn't really answer. So do you think Shane knew that Lacey would not be OK with him texting another woman? And <sighs> I'm going to assume you're going to say he must have had some idea, right? Why do you think he would do it if you know he knew that she would be mad? I mean, it's one of those things where I was like, yes, I know she'll be mad, but it's A, you know, A, I know she'll be mad, but B, it's also completely innocent. So fuck her. Like, I'm going to do it anyway. Like, there's mm-hmm. nothing she she's going to freak out. She would be mad about this, but there's nothing to be mad about. So what? Because it seemed like it's we saw one exchange that was completely cordial, completely above board and in no way inappropriate. And she came over and smacked him in the dick. Like it was like, like, it was like, if you're going to get pissed off over that, fuck you. I'm going to do it anyway. You know, that's interesting that that was your take on it because I thought it was a little flirty. No, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm actually okay with a little flirty like that. That to me seems fine to be like, you're looking good to somebody who's like somebody you've been keeping tabs on while they're working out is 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 like he i think like he said like it was pretty normal that's a pretty normal thing to say to somebody i think i'm gonna disagree with you on this one i think shane's a freaking idiot like she's clearly there you know lacy is there how did he you know do any of that and granted it was innocent enough but your crazy, jealous wife, who you've cheated on in the past, is standing, like, 15 feet away from you. You have to be, like, angelic, right? Like, this is just some other bro at the gym. Like, you cannot be saying anything super complimentary. And to be honest, I think the best move in this situation, if he's going to talk to her like that, at least introduce her them yes i'll give you that i'll give you that hey i want you to meet my wife Lacey. she's here with me i would tell you right now bros at the gym tell each other they look good that's weird <laughs> oh man you're really coming along you look great like that that dude bros say each, say that stuff to each other like that's and i think that he was he in his whatever dumb head thought that was like i'm not talking i'm not saying anything to her that i wouldn't have said to a dude that's that's standing here talking to me like and okay, if you're working at the gym, why does it require any texting? Uh, yeah, I mean, I guess. I mean, huh, yeah. So I don't know. I don't it just know. seemed the whole exchange seemed just really suspicious well, okay. to me. The entire, the entire scene seemed fake. Oh yeah, me. sure. Right. So everything seemed set up. Everything seemed fake. The idea of it, like Shane, would be. As responsive as he was to be like, well, that's just what anyone says when they're talking to someone else. Like, I was like, no, that dude does not have it all together to be at that, that articulate on the spot. So I felt like right. this, I really did feel like this particular scene was incredibly scripted, right? <laughs> and so that was, that's why it's kind of hard to take, to take anything that happened with a grain of salt. I mean, as much as I did laugh when he was like, when he told, you know, Lacey, I'll take a lie detector test. I'm serious. I'll do it. And they immediately switched to him being like, I was not serious about the lie detector test. Yeah, he's like, I just said it. I wasn't being serious. <laughs> I didn't think she'd actually agree to it. <laughs> Which is funny because the lie detector tests are like, they're not accurate. And like, well, even Lacey said that she was just kind of like, I don't know anything about lie detector tests. I don't know. Do they actually work? Like she also questions it. And they don't. And that's why the Maury stuff works so well. You know, when they do it on Maury Povich and it was like, yeah. you, you said you were not the father. That was a lie. And it's like, it doesn't, that, it doesn't mean that. And so they, when they react like that, it's because they really thought they weren't lying. <laughs> right. Yeah. And that's why they get so bent out of shape when they're like, oh, it wasn't a lie. I went there. Like, and they get mad about it. Right. Because it's an extremely inexact science. Like, it's so inexact that they literally are like. You can't use it as evidence in court. Like, you can't. Right. Yeah. Oh, goodness. All right. So, people had other people bringing in the law on their side. Let's talk about Brittany and Marcelino. 
All right, so Brittany and Marcelino pick up right off on the cliffhanger from last week as the whole crew is banging on the door to get Robert the Scammer to come out. They can't do what they want to do, which is to take over the house, the accounts, and the business because apparently his name is on literally everything. They suspect that Robert might be calling the cops and don't really know what to do until Kanan just like remembers that she, oh, I have a key to this house, which we literally mentioned last time. Why does she not have a key? Turns out she does. Um, Seems like she should have thought of it earlier is what I'm saying. So they switch at that point to iPhone footage filmed by Brittany, um, which she's taking to document what's going on. And while they're in there, the cops show up. So Brittany is for once in her life glad the cops are there because she is in the right on this one. They have the receipts for every piece of furniture in the house. And with the police there, Robert keeps telling stories about, I don't know, I couldn't follow what was going on. He was like, there's missing equipment. Well, you can't go in my room to get it. Under no circumstances, can you go in my room? But the police, at the end of the day, police said that this is a civil matter. So they can't be the arbiters of what what Brittany and Kanan can and can't take out of the house. So at this point, we can't let you take anything that he doesn't give you permission to take. So at, the only thing he gives him permission to take is like a closet that's full of beds. So we see that, you know, actually we do see that this halfway house actually, or whenever they wanted to call it sober living facility, actually have people staying in it as they're like waking them up as they're, as they're doing this stuff. Um, at, but at the end of the day, um, you know, Brittany is just like, everything sucks. This sucks. Let's go get a drink. We need one. All right, so, I mean, what is the legal recourse at this point to get Robert literally out of that house? I don't know. It is it is very frustrating. I get how they were frustrated because, you know, it is a civil matter. Mm-hmm. It's not really up to the police to decide. Right. The police are not going to sit there on the site and read different contracts and receipts and everything like that. That's not their job. I know. But and I know that's really frustrating because they're the ones telling the truth. They have the evidence there and Mm -hmm. so to not be backed up i'm sure is infuriating and frustrating sure so i i do feel really bad for them i i don't know what robert Steele was i was confused by what was going on in this house because Mm -hmm. it looked like he was still kind of operating it as a halfway house yeah like there were people there like they were looking for the furniture and stuff and like turning lights on i'm like oh sorry sorry woke you up like yeah it was crazy so, yeah, I don't really know what the situation is. Robert, like, operating the halfway house and pretty much just cut them out because his name is on everything? Or mm-hmm. are these just random, like, druggies who are kind of using it as, like, a detox slash, like, I don't know, like, drug house? Like, I, I don't really get what's going on. And it's it's tough, I don't know, to really kind of be super judgmental of Robert not knowing the entire story. Right, right. I mean, Robert seemed... He's clearly in the wrong, though. Yeah, he's certainly in the wrong, but he was very convincing in the moment. Like, in terms of his indignation. We're just going to let anybody in here? Like, everybody just gets to come into my house? Everybody gets to trespass in my house now? Like, get them out of here. It's not their house. Like, I'm not giving him anything. Well, Kanan's on the lease, you know? And Mm -hmm. he can let other... He's clearly let other people in the house. Like, who knows? Maybe he's running just a straight-up Airbnb. Like, we don't know. And just, like, making money. Like, just having people, like, live there. Like, we have no idea what the situation is. No idea. No idea. And his... Especially his, like... And they had that weird conversation about, like, where's the equipment? Like, what equipment were they talking about? That clearly know. wasn't in the house any place they could see it. Like, they assumed it was in his room. And he was like, under no circumstances can you go in my room. Like, I don't have the equipment there. I was like, what equipment are they talking about? It was very, very confusing, I thought. I have no idea. Yeah. It's hard to say. And I, I really feel for them. And I kind of just, yeah, I want justice for them. So when sure. we, we saw the preview for next week, it looks like they are coming in after hours. And yeah. Straight because, up breaking in. Because the civil matter, like, to get your stuff back like that, mm-hmm. to be like, I have the receipts for that couch. I have the receipts for that bed. I have the receipts for whatever, right? That's still a years-long process Yeah, to get that stuff from him. Like, years. Even if right. you are 100% in the right, 100% have all the receipts, 100% have all your ducks in the row, it would still take years for that case to come through. 
and for them to do anything about it. And that's incredibly frustrating because they don't have years worth of cash to float this guy. Right. At all. And it's not a criminal. I mean, I guess it could be in theory a criminal thing. If you're like, he had no right to any of his stuff that he kept from us from years. I mean, isn't that theft? And isn't it like felony theft? So I don't know how it's not criminal either. Right. If you went in, because it seems to me if you went into a house and you tried to claim stuff in a house and you told the police, this guy stole this thing from me. Yeah. Like he took it from me. They wouldn't be like, well, he said he didn't. So it's a civil matter. I guess we can't do anything about it. You know, I don't know how that would work either. I I think you have to file charges, you Mm -hmm. know, and then they get the police involved if they decide to pick up the case. Right, because if he defrauded them of all that money, it's a criminal charge. Like he clearly sure. has enough. There's enough money involved in this that it's, it 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 does fall into a criminal statute. Yeah, I feel like this is something they should have talked about with that retired cop they met with. Right, they only right. talked about the money. They didn't talk about you know what they could do in this situation and retrieve their stuff. Right, the stuff that they have receipts for, like yeah. the, the the property rather than just the cash. Right, because it seems like he could have also helped them out there. But also, like, just hiring a private investigator, like, what's this dude doing? You know, because it doesn't seem like anyone really knows. They're just making assumptions that Robert's on drugs and, like... Yeah, the, the Robert's on drugs thing, they yeah. keep bringing up, and that isn't helping their case. Because right. it's not, kind of irrelevant to their case. Like, whether yeah. he's on drugs or not, if he stole your furniture, he stole your furniture. Right, right. So I don't know. I feel like they need some help, but maybe not the police, because I feel like the police aren't going to help them the way that they need to help. Exactly. Yeah. 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 All right. Our last couple we have is Sean and Sarah. So uh, where we left off, Sarah has just been given an ultimatum by Sean, and Sarah is frustrated because... uh, can't read this because it's behind you because she believes that she should be focusing all of her attention on her daughter sarah says she doesn't want it to be over but she also doesn't want him to make her choose sean says he will text her an address and a time to me and if she doesn't show up he'll know just to move on sarah's mom uh advises her not to let anyone distract her from the right path sarah cries about her past and her crime of involuntary manslaughter She wants to be different now, and her mom assures her that she's seen a big difference in her. Sarah thinks that Sean has her chance at a good, healthy relationship. Sean heads over to Poochie's place, the restaurant he told Sarah to meet him at. Sean is starting to get flashbacks of destiny until he actually sees Sarah. They hug and kiss, and Sarah tells tells us that she showed up because Sean's understanding about her past, and it's clear that he has a lot of love for her. All seems to be forgiven for Sean, well, too easily, because Sarah is all dolled up and she's looking good to him. Sean tells her he gave up his life to be with her. Sarah says she feels an enormous amount of pressure because of that, and her reaction was just to kind of put off, you know, being serious. She realized she didn't want to jump right in because it just didn't seem right for her. She admits she went about it the wrong way, and she wants to just move on past it. Sean demands to meet her mom and her daughter, but Sarah says there needs to still be more time of them just together before that next step. She then suggests he takes her tanning, and Sean asks if that means he'll be paying for it, and Sarah just kind of giggles, like, yeah. Sean then worries that he's being used for money. All right, it seems kind of shady that Sarah just kind of sneaked in this tanning outing. Do you think she's in it for the money? I mean, it, 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 I don't know, it, by all appearances, what we've seen, it, it does seem like that. Like, I don't know that she's as bad as Destiny in, in yeah. terms of like, because I feel like Destiny was like, I deserve this money. This yep. money is mine. I've earned it. He owes it to me. Well, that's Give because she me. was sleeping with him, you know? Right? And she's probably like, this yeah. guy, gross. He owes me. Yeah. Whereas Sarah seems to just be like, I'll just get as much as I can. Like, and then we'll move on. Like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, but the thing that bothers me more about Sarah and, like, less so about Destiny, like, with Destiny's situation, I don't think I felt sorry for either one of them. Sean knew exactly what he was getting into because Destiny, like, she, I mean, no one was, like, (sighs) keeping any secrets. Like, 
yeah, you know, to me, it was like a transactional relationship. With okay. Sarah, it bothers me a little bit more about her because she tries very hard to play it off like she's not about the money. Like even last week with the whole like, who's lying? Is she lying about saying I've never asked him for money ever or uh-huh. him like she asked me for money all the time. It's like, well, which one is it? I feel like Sarah doesn't explicitly ask him for money. Yes. And so she just kind of plays it off like, oh, let's go tanning. Right, which is oh. exactly what we saw this time, right? Yeah. Like, let's go tanning. I guess I'm paying for that, right? Well, if you say so, like, she never actually asked for money. Yeah, so it just kind of bothers me because it's just like, I think she's convinced herself that she's not doing anything wrong because she never asked him. And if he doesn't want, if he doesn't have the money or want to give her the money, he wouldn't be giving her the money, you know, because it's not like she was demanding it. Yeah, but I don't know that that's different than Destiny. Like, no. Destiny just had this thing. And the thing that bothered me most about Destiny is, like, even when they broke up, even when she was done with him, I'm done with you. She still called him up and was like, you owe me money. You, I yeah. earned that money. You, des- I, 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 you, you promised me that money, so you need to give it to me. And you're a bad right. person if you don't after I broke up with you, right? I don't know that Sarah would go that far. Um, I think she'll, like I said, I think she'll take what she can get while things are, while yes. the getting's good, yeah. right? But I don't i don't think she cares about this guy at all like yeah even a little bit like she's barely she's just like well i mean if it's one date at a diner at every you know, two months and i have to I can text just, you every day no i gotta go deal. to poochie's place every two months and i still get my my you know tanning paid for whatever fine that's what i'll do if that's what it takes that's what i'll do right yeah because that her entire this entire thing definitely st- Felt like if that's what it takes, that's what I'll do. Yeah. But let's be real here. Like, Sean wants to get laid. So yeah. this is only going to take her so far before she's going to have to, like, put out to continue this relationship. Yeah. You know? And so yeah. it's like, I, I, yeah, this seems to have, you know, uh, been okay for him right now because he has very low expectations considering he hasn't seen her in two months it's been two months yeah well i mean and well the thing was he didn't ask for that yeah right he was in he asked to meet her daughter and meet her mom which is that seems it's weird to ask that yeah it's weird to ask that like i think you need to introduce me to your daughter especially one that like when this situation where she's like i don't know my daughter like mm-hmm. I, I don't, I literally don't know her yet. Yeah. Right. It's been, I've been with her for two months. She's six years old. I don't yeah. know her yet. I can't be introducing to her to you. Right. And, and so, but that's not, but I don't know. It just feels like we, we both feel like he's not really at the end of the day after that. He really is after the sex, but I feel like he's kind of like, mm, if I meet your mom and I meet your daughter, you're stuck. You're, I got you. It's another like, you know grip i got on you that you can't like get away yeah uh, it's sean logic you know it's like sure. okay sure okay idiot that's not how it works at all but sean logic whatever right. i mean it's sean logic in the same way of him walking into the restaurant and not putting the mask over his ears instead of holding it up to his face <laughs> like as he walked to the table like just put the mask over your ears dude like what are you doing that's that is that was very Sean to me. I watched him doing yeah, that. Yeah, like Sean logic, which is getting mad at her for like not saying she has one child when you have been hiding up to four children, possibly. Possibly, and your age, and your yeah. age, right? Like, when does that come out? Uh-huh. I want to see yeah. how she reacts I then. Definitely want to see how she reacts when she finds out right. how much. But you know, he's that's been not going to happen until he gets what he wants out of that relationship. Well, I mean, it's going to happen eventually, and I don't know if it's going to come out in terms of, like, trying to get what he wants, or if she's going to end up sleeping with him, and then he's like, oh, yeah, by the way, let me tell you all yeah. the stuff that I've been hiding from you after 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 we did that. I mean, Destiny was kind of smart in insisting on meeting his ex. Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, she also called him out on the age thing, like, yeah. immediately. Right, because that's not something he—he's not like a young forty-six. He looks every bit of forty-six. Like as soon as you see him, you're like, "I think this dude's close to fifty. Yeah, (laughs) he's not old looking. Yeah, yeah. And so she called him on that, like when they stopped at the restaurant on the way with her mom and. She's like, "How did you say you were?" Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, how has Sarah not, like, figured it out? Maybe she just, because she says she's dated a lot of druggies in the past. I don't know. Uh, maybe he looks the same age. <laughs> maybe maybe he looks the same as, like, a drug-addicted uh, 28-year-old. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, goodness. All right. Um, so we did not hear from Stan and Lisa this week, Amber and Poppy, and I feel like we didn't see John and Christiana. Time. Yes, John and Christiana. So it looks like we're going to see Amber and Puppy next week and possibly Stan and Lisa. Yeah, definitely those two next week. They were they were yeah. heavily uh, featured in the next week on. Yes. Um, so who so. was your student of the week? I guess Ray. I know, right? I mean, same. I like Ray a lot. I we we but we he's always in our top of our list, always. Because he's so even tempered and he's so reasonable. And mm-hmm. I mean, I really thought it was. I mean, yeah, I know it's a disappointment to Brittany, but he was very good at communicating. Like, I don't know, I just not feeling good enough. Like. Should we really be having a baby right now? It's like, yes, that is the smart thing to say and do. Right. Right. It's definitely a all or nothing proposition. So it's kind of like if either of you were having doubts about doing it right now, then you can't do it. Like, no, that's off the table. And and his expectations are not like, I just want to meet your mom. It's not like he's not asking for much. He's not asking for a ton of money. He's not asking for her to invest in some weird business or something like that or or, you know, we see other people ask for uh, for his ex to live in an RV in the driveway. Oh, gosh, He's just like, right. I just want to meet your mom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, definitely. Okay, how about your dunce? Uh, my dunce was Lacey. Just uh-huh. because everything seemed so fake with her. Like, yeah. she seemed over the top anger. That whole, like, I'm whispering to you because I don't want everybody to hear how angry I am about this thing that you had no idea about. And I looked at your phone and it was like... It just, it's just, everything she did seemed so fake and I, I couldn't get over it. Yeah. Uh, my dance is Deontay. Um, sure. And mostly because it was like, I trying to make this accepting the money thing some kind of test. And it's mm-hmm. like, that is a dumb test. Oh, she didn't accept the money. Oh, she must love you. Like, let's, you know, forgive everything. Because she knows that. Like, I think you're right. She's smart enough to play the long game to be like, if I don't take the money just once, mm-hmm. then I can take the money the next five times guilt Right. And yeah. And you won't give me shit about it. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just like, oh my gosh, Deontay, you got to come up with a better test. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, if he had better tests, he wouldn't be anywhere near Nicole, right? <laughs> no, that's true. All right. What about your life lesson? So my life lesson is actually aimed at Deontay. And oh, it's, I it's also have one aimed at Deontay. A strong one, right? Because it's something that everybody forgets. You are not responsible for anybody else's happiness. Oh, that's what I said. Yes. Especially not your exes. Like, yeah. you can't be like, well, I feel like they're in a bad place that they broke up with you. It's like, they you broke up with them because they were in a bad place and because they weren't ready and because yeah. they weren't, like, in the right space for you. And so, to feel bad because you broke up with someone and then they end up in a worse place and it's like, well, I feel like you can't feel bad about that. They just would have drugged them, drug you there with them. Like yeah. you are not responsible for that. Right. So I said the same thing. I said it's not up to one person to save someone. And quite honestly, the my take on it is like it's very narcissistic to believe that you alone have yeah. the power and control to significantly influence a person's life where your True. presence is like life, a matter of life or death to them. Like, I don't know. I think it's really incredibly narcissistic of Deontay to be like, she died because I didn't answer the phone. Like, come on, dude. Like, that is you think true. She was the only person. You were the only person think, she could yeah. have talked to. You think you were that significant in her life, right? That significant in her life that one phone answering from you would have saved it. Like that yeah. is, in, that is giving yourself an incredible amount of credit. That's true, right? Yeah, and so he's doing the same thing with Nicole. Like, oh, like I'm so worried about her. If I wasn't in her life, she's going in a downward word spiral, and she might yeah. die too. It's just like literally oh my God. the person who just spent six years in jail and you're like yeah. they're going on a downward spiral i was like are they really spiraling down or are they just kind of maintaining where they were their entire life right and you are somehow going to single-handedly save them okay right. all right deontay sure so yeah that that was also the reason why deontay was my dunce this week fair enough fair yeah. enough all right, so we'll be back next week, and we know we're seeing at least three of these couples because we saw previews right. for them. Oh, and we were actually talking about this offline, too. Um, 
It was just announced on Friday that they are starting a new spinoff of this show. It is Love During Lockup. And it's mm. I think it's meant to be kind of like the 90 day equivalent of before the 90 days, except without the meeting each other. part. Right. But that's the best part. I don't understand how it can work with it. Right. I don't understand how this can work when the couple before, the, before I, the 90 days. Yeah, I, I feel like all of these shows, all of these shows are at their worst before the couples are actually together. Right. So I think it's going to be very like an interesting slash like, what what do we call those? Um, fame whoring. You're going to have an incredibly high fame whoring cast because sure. I believe how they casted for this was, are you looking for love in prison? So they haven't quite found love, but it's going oh, to basically sure, sure, sure. follow these fame whoring people who want to be on TV. So, yeah, sure. I'll try find love in prison. I get to be on this reality show for it. Right. We hear every week the ads that are like, if you are currently dating someone who's soon to get out of prison, give us right. a call. Yeah. So I think that. If you want to be on TV and pretend that you're dating somebody in prison, give us a right. call. Yeah, sure. Right. So, but I also have a feeling that you're going to find the people like who are repeat offenders. Like I've dated like three other dudes. Oh, from I'm, prison. I'm sure and, you'll find that. I'm you sure know, you'll find that. Yeah. I just, I like these guys the best or I like these gals the best. You I know? like the bad boys. Yeah. Yeah. So I, yeah, you're going to get a very interesting intersection of people. I think like, you know, in this situation. So I, I can't even, I can't really even say it's going to be super entertaining though, because we kind of also talked about it. You know, it's like, I think the most boring couples are the ones where the one that's in prison is in prison for so much of the season that it's right. like you get a lot of like the recorded phone calls or the recorded videos and you're kind of like, eh. Yeah, man. And then like, yeah, then you just get a lot of the people who are on the outside talking to their mom and then talking yeah, to their, their aunt friend. and then talking yeah. to their friend and they're all like, uh, yeah. They're like, are you sure you want to do this? This is, you know, They're not good enough for you. So. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see. But uh, if they only play that, I'm sure we'll cover that. Yeah, if that's what's going on, that's what we'll cover. Yeah, but I mean, I, I would be bummed when uh, Love After Lockup ends because this has been a good season. I've been like every week. It's like, yeah, I look yeah. forward to this. I, I like that they – first of all, I like that it's an hour. That's always huge. Like yes. an hour is way Especially better. Especially compared to a 90-day fiancé. Compared to a 90-day fiancé, sure. which is two hours long and just drags way too on. much – just drags on. And I like that we don't see everybody every week. Right? Yeah, so you're I'm like, okay with that. It makes like, you excited oh, yeah. when you actually do see them. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm okay with that. All right. So uh, we will see you all next week with this exciting bunch. And until yep. then. All right. See you then. Okay. Bye. All right. Bye.